Well, hello and uh, welcome to another exciting edition of Pep Talk, the persuasive evangelism podcast. I'm Andy Bannister from the Solas Centre for Public Christianity and joined, as ever, from the other end of the country by Christy Mayer. Uh, Christy, how are you doing today? Hey Andy, I'm doing all right, thanks. How about yourself? Oh, it's good. It's sweltering here in Dundee. It doesn't really happen that it gets, it gets hot. Are you sweltering? Is it hot down there in London? Real feel was 27 degrees yesterday, if you can believe it. It was really good. Well, you see, there's a really dodgy link here because it's sweltering. Sweltering means heat and fire and flames and those things. And we have on the podcast today, uh, we have Matt Chapman, who, uh, who is a fireman, a fire person. Uh, Matt, how are you doing today? Yeah, I'm doing very well, actually. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Yeah, I appreciate that. Yeah, firefighter, I suppose, is the is the sort of terminology at the moment, but head of training and development, actually. Yeah. So I can't take credit for actually going out and putting any fires out at the moment. But yeah, well, I, I realized as soon as I said that word, because of course, my, 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 we got young kids and my son is really into fireman Sam. And of course, we have that language ingrained. And of course, it's yeah, firefighters. So, um, oh, yeah, my, my children are, are utterly disappointed with me these days because their friends actually said, Oh, your dad's a firefighter. And they said, No, he's the head of training and development. And there was a little <laughs> moment of heartbreak where I thought, Oh, 20 years in the job and I, this is what I've achieved is disappointing my, my sons. And they, so. they, they don't tend to make exciting children's cartoons around people who are working in the office. I always think. Exactly. That, yeah. 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 There's not much excitement goes on. But Matt, as a Christian fire service, let's dive kind of straight in. What is that like? Is it a tough place to be a Christian? Yeah. Is it an easy place? How, how have you found being, being a Christian in that environment? I would say it's 20 years ago when I, when I started. Yeah, it was absolutely. It was a very tough environment. It's obviously very male dominated back in those days. Uh, it's very kind of a masculine role uh, traditionally. And it was a tough place to, to stick with Christian values. And I you know, freely put my hands up and say I failed massively uh, over most of my career in representing Jesus the way I should. However, there's been an enormous sea change in terms of uh, the way the fire services are now run, the way they're operated, what the level of acceptability is. And actually, they're so forward thinking in terms of encouraging uh, Christians in the workplace, Muslims in the workplace, um, emphasizing staff networks from a range of different backgrounds and protected characteristics that actually... It's a really exciting place to work as a Christian, and, and it's quite a free place to, to represent Jesus, I'd say. That's really cool. Matt, before we ask you a little bit more about what you're doing, just what you said there, I'm just really interested. Why do you think that the fire service has suddenly recognised the need to support Christians, Muslims, people of faith in, in their work? Well, actually, uh, I was talking to one of our senior team the other day, and uh, we work underneath the county council, and the county council's got five core values. And I said to them, look, look actually by encouraging Christians in the workplace, you're on to a winner because if we're wrong about the fact that there's a God, well, then in, in that case, we are all a little bit crazy. You know, we're a little bit misguided. But by the fact that our, our book, our Bible tells us that this is the way we should behave, you're, you've got a, a workforce of, of these people that by their nature will follow and adhere to these values. So if we're wrong, even if you encourage Christians in the workplace, you've got a group of people that would adhere to your values. And if we're right, well, man, we're going to bring the God of the universe into your organization to bless it. It's a, it's a no-brainer, really. And so, actually, I think that people are cottoning on to the fact that being a Christian in the workplace doesn't mean you're dragging a Bible with you and bringing a cross in and hammering everybody around you that they need to believe the same. I think it's actually starting to show that Christians are people who are humble enough to accept they need development and help and support, but are also willing to say, Actually, I think there's right and wrong, and I, I want to act and live in a certain way. 
And, and I think that's quite a positive thing to have in the workforce. I think that's fascinating. I'm also the other thing as well, actually, that that intrigued me, and maybe this is a way into some of the sort of sort of uh, deeper discussion of what it is you know you found you found works and is effective. You mentioned like, like that range of diversity. There, there's you know other faith groups out there. You've got the various protected characteristics. You've got all of our you know our friends, and there's different communities like the LGBT groups and all the others. So I know Christians can sometimes get a bit afraid of the whole diversity thing um and go oh gosh we're going to get shot down because we have exclusive <laughs> beliefs or this other stuff what i find fascinating you see that as positive that it gives you a great uh, canvas to, to talk us through that a little bit because it, it encourages me I mean, to yeah yeah we we started this group with three of us last january and uh, our, our senior management team have been so supportive about setting up this group but one of the things they said is look why don't you go to the lgbt group to see how they've done it and see what you can learn from them so I, I went along to their Rainbow Cafe meeting and initially it was a relatively frosty encounter for about five or six minutes until one of our um, uh, one of our transgender firefighters said, Matt, can I ask a question? I said, yeah, yeah, go for it. And she said, well, how are you going to practice all this lovey-dovey stuff if you think people like me are an abomination? <sighs> Talk about a hard start to the, uh, the thing. And I, I sort of paused and, and all I can say is I then just went on to hopefully explain that there's quite a misnomer about this and i think this is maybe where christians have kind of got the wrong end of the stick i i use the example of jesus when um when they dragged the adulterous woman before him and i said look actually this is a story of somebody who you know was not adhering to the rules of the time and the laws of the time was brought before jesus expecting judgment and expecting rejection and instead actually jesus was quite open to saying Look, actually, he who is without sin cast the first stone. So that's the first part of it, is that actually I believe that anybody can come to Jesus. I think the whole message of Christianity is that he is open and willing and, and able to, to love and forgive anybody who comes to him. And I, I said, look, let me let me sort of highlight some of the sins that you've committed. Have you loved the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your strength? And she sort of looked at me on this meeting and said, no. I said, well, in that case, we don't need to go any further. You know, we don't need to go further down the list of any more sins. Actually, you in, in the Christian eyes are a sinner. But actually, Jesus isn't going to turn you away from that. He's going to say, actually, you can come to me or who are weary uh, and, and my burden is light. The second part of it, though, is that Jesus then said, now go and sin no more. And that actually, having met Jesus, there may be a way that he asks you to live. There may be things he asks you to do. There may be a lifestyle change that he asks you to make. And you may decide that Jesus is not for you. But that is nothing to do with me. That is entirely between you and Jesus. And so from my point of view, all I want to do in the workplace is say, come and meet Jesus. Come, come and meet Jesus. And if you meet him and you decide he's not for you, well, then I'll still love you and I'll still work with you and I'll still support you. And if you decide he is for you, well, then I'll love you and support you and work with you as well. But really, that's between you and Jesus. For me as a Christian, I just want to point you to Christ. And having kind of said this, I got a little round of applause and they sort of said, oh, I've never heard of it like that before. And I didn't realise that actually we as lesbians could, you know, whether Jesus would, would be interested in us. I said, are you joking? Of course he's interested in you, he loves you, he died for you. You know, he died for all of us. Actually, it's not that Jesus will ever reject you. It's that you may choose you don't want him. And that's a completely different spin on it. Uh, and over the past year, that has worked so effectively in actually showing those two aspects of the, of the faith. One, come and meet Jesus. 
I, I think he's got something for you and I think he's got something that for the world. And two, it's up to you what you then choose to do with it, not down to me. And so that kind of takes some of the burden of evangelism off me. And uh, some people may disagree with me about that. But in terms of the workplace, it certainly made it a, a more level playing field to actually say, for all have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. And actually all of us need a saviour. And I think you only find him in Jesus. And so, yeah, it's been a, it's been a fantastic uh, sort of journey, uh, culminating last week in us actually doing a joint network event with the LGBT group, the REACH group, the Dawn group, Unison, the Neurodiversity group in the County Hall in Oxfordshire. And actually working alongside colleagues who, who have vastly different backgrounds and experiences and saying, actually, we love you all. And we think Jesus has a place for all of you. Well, that's amazing, Matt. I mean, it sounds like you're, you're missional and you also kind of support Christians in the workplace. What are the kind of um, values or kind of the raison d'etre? What is the raison d'etre for, <laughs> for what you are and what you do? <laughs> Just that small yeah, we, we obviously, we kind of formalised our group a while ago and we, we created a charter and our charter has three aspects mm. to it. And the first key aspect is we want to support Christians in the workplace. And we've grown from probably three members in January to 52 people now on the books uh, from across the county council, not just the fire and rescue service. And one of our key aims is actually just to support people, just to encourage people, to, to let them know they're not alone, to encourage them by meeting twice a month and having times of prayer and, uh, and worship uh, to kind of rejuvenate and motivate people in the workplace. And actually that's culminated in us connecting with the wider church network across Oxfordshire so that if we've got members of the network group that have issues, they can simply fire an email to our email address uh, and we will then, within 10, 15 minutes, connect them with a church that's nearby to them and an individual who can help them and tie them up with their problem. So we've had m members who have said, actually, work's okay, but I've got an issue with my child or my son or my daughter and, or I've actually moved into a new area and I don't know anybody. And very quickly through our church network contacts, we can just connect up to someone local who will then speak to them. And that's a key part of it is we want to encourage and support Christians in the workplace. The, the second bit, though, is actually we just want to give people an opportunity, regardless of whether you're Christian or whoever you are, to discuss matters of what we call spiritual well-being. And that's the key part of it, really, is that we don't want this to be a private little club for Christians. Actually, what we want is for anybody to come along and talk about matters of, of spiritual well-being this started early on uh, last year with it was the international day of prayer for the emergency services and our chief actually gave me a five minute slot in his streamed live event to the county where we said actually look we would like to just offer prayer to anybody uh, and after that i thought i should probably take the plunge here and, and, and directly email some people to see if they want prayer and so we emailed about 120 managers from across the fire and rescue service and just said, look, this is the strangest email you'll ever receive. How can we pray for you? For an hour on this day during our lunch break, we will be praying. What can we pray for you for? And I'll, I'll be honest, my finger hovered over the send button because I thought, oh, man, I'm about to commit career suicide here by, by kind of doing this. And actually, I thought, oh, no, you know, what's the worst that can happen here? I'm not doing anything bad. I'm just offering to pray. The worst is people will think that I'm a bit mental, but I'm OK with that. And so I sent it out. And within minutes, the replies started coming in. And we had some that were kind of like, can you pray that we win the lottery? And there were some, you know, can you just pray for COVID and the general situation? But we also had some that were clearly people reaching out for help. You know, I've attended an incident and I can't stop dreaming about this thing. 
I'm having a really hard time at home financially. I have a parent or an in-law who's really sick. Please help. And so we prayed. We had about 30 responses in the end. And so we just met and we just prayed. And we just trusted that God would come through. And from that, we've we've done more events. We've done prayer for Ukraine where we've had uh, people who aren't even Christians just coming along and getting involved. And finally, we've decided we need to do more. And so the way to a firefighter's heart is through their stomach. And so we realized actually what we can do is we set up something called Donuts and Disagreements. And this was the simplest thing we could possibly think of. What, what it is, is I, I arranged to go out to speak to a watch of firefighters and I take with them a big tray of donuts and some really good quality coffee. And I turn up and I say, right, I've got you for an hour, but I'm only going to talk for two minutes. And so I sit down with these firefighters and I say, okay, for two minutes, I'm just going to tell you what we as Christians believe. And we sum it up with these five colors to make it as simple as possible. We say, okay, we only really believe, you know, once you get under denominations and viewpoints and stuff, actually Christians generally just believe five things. Green, we believe God made the world. Black, we believe that through free will, sin separated us from God. Red, we believe Christ had to die so that our sins could be forgiven. White, we believe that anybody can come to Jesus for a new start. And gold, we believe when you die, that new start continues forever. So for two minutes, I'll just talk to them about this very simple idea, and I'll tell them a little bit of my personal testimony. And once the two-minute mark goes up, I say, right, you've got 58 minutes, disagree with me, go for it. And I have never, ever had tumbleweeds. I've never had a pause I've never had a moment at which we've we've you know, not had anything to talk about. The first time I did it, the second I finished, one of the crew turned to me and said, we've just pulled a girl out of the river who's died. Where's your loving God? And I said, that's a brilliant question. And we've gotten to these wonderful discussions about why do bad things happen? And then somebody has chipped in and said, actually, I've had a really bad experience about Christians growing up. And I, I use the example of Millwall Football Club, and we get into a huge discussion about that. And then people will start bringing out their ideas about heaven and life and death. And I attended this incident and this person died. And where do they go? And and what generally happens over the 12 times, 13 times that I've done it, is it gets to the end of an hour and I have to say, guys, I've, I've got to go. But let's continue this. And if you want to know more, here's a couple of Bibles. And you can only do one of two things with these Bibles. If they're rubbish, if they're wrong, then you need to chuck them in the bin because they're trash. But if there's a chance, even a tiny little chance that they could be true, then you need to read it and you need to see what, what you think about it. And these have been so well received by the organization because actually none of this is about conversion. None of this is about me turning up and saying, you need to believe what I believe. It's conversations. It's me turning up and saying, actually, I really care about what you believe and why. And the value of this is so integral with, with you know, even the simple concept of network groups and inclusion. Actually, being able to sit with somebody and for an hour absolutely disagree with their fundamental viewpoint of the world and then still say, I love you and I respect you then what a wonderful witness that is. Yeah, what a wonderful witness as a Christian to the organisation to say, actually, you don't need to believe in me. I'm not going to take a photo of you in front of a cross. I'm not going to put you on social media. I'm not here to get anything out of you. I'm just here to talk about things that matter. And these have been really, really good. Uh, and then the last thing I guess we do is we just try and show love. 
and and so we've tried to show love to the organization through uh we've we've uh, thrown cakes at everybody we, we not literally we've just taken them out to departments we've done mince pies at christmas we've done an easter egg hunt we we just generally try to show that christians are not there to take yeah, you know, we don't ask anything from anyone. We're not asking people to sign up to anything. We just want to say thank you and be a positive force for good in the workplace. And that buys you the credibility then to be able to say that actually there's something about Jesus that you might want to read into. We're, we're running rapidly out of time, but yeah, one, one question, so many questions. One question I'd love to ask you is obviously you, know, you come across you're you're super confident you're 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 loud you're kind of bold you know what you believe i think you know a lot of christians find you know would find what you're doing quite nerve-wracking what how did you get there did you literally the day you walked into the fire service you're like right off we go or is it in a learning curve (laughs) for you how do you learn to do what you what you do because i'm sure others can learn to do it and i'd love to sort of reflect on that a bit so how do you get to to where you are okay you're gonna have to bear with me because this this is gonna cover brain surgery and spider-man Okay. Oh, fantastic. My... Uh, two topics we always love to have on the, on the show. <laughs> so the, the kind of more sobering element, my, I, I don't have anything. I don't have any special skills. Uh, the only thing I have is that I'm kicking myself that for 18 years I didn't do this earlier. And actually, my personal situation sucks. I have a wife that is in constant facial pain, uh, and she's had brain surgery last year, and it hasn't worked. And so actually, I have quite a, a challenging home situation. Things are not going well at home. I don't have a natural sense of optimism or buoyancy in me. Yeah, the only thing I have is Christ. Uh, and actually, being able to come into the workplace and say, I don't have all this covered. I don't have all these answers. I don't have the solution and a happy, clappy life. You know, I was talking to some guys on, on, on Monday about this and saying, look, the most I have is that I have an answer to that original question, is there a God, yes or no? And I think the answer is yes. And if you if you say yes to that, there's a series of questions that come off that that are yes or no that I don't have all the answers to. I don't understand why my wife's not been healed. I don't get why we don't, you know, these bad things are happening. Where Spider-Man comes into this is an example that I used recently, which is in one of the pretty rubbish Spider-Man movies, there's an example of, of a, a small child that at the start of the movie, Spider-Man kind of rescues him from these bullies. And right at the end, you know, there's this big bad guy and this, this little kid steps out in front of everybody. And he just steps out in front of this enormous, great, big machine, bad guy, robot thing. And he stands there in complete defiance and opposition of this thing. And the best minute and bit, bit in the movie is when, is when the bad guy looks up and takes a step back. And the reason he does that is because actually stood directly behind this kid is the real Spider-Man. You know, he's turned up, he's arrived, he's there. And the fact is the kid knew he was going to be there. He knew he was going to come back. He even says, I knew you'd come back. And as a Christian, the most I can be is that little kid. Yeah, I can't be Spider-Man. I can't, I've got nothing. I've got no special gifts. I've got no special abilities. I'm not trained. I've not been to theolo- theological college. I read my Bible and half of it I don't even really understand, if I'm honest. But I know that if I step out in the workplace, he's got my back. I know that he's going to be right behind me in every meeting I go to, in every conversation I have, in any project I'm involved with. If I ask Jesus to come into the workplace with me, he's never going to turn around and go, 
nope, I'm only with you once you clock off at 5.30. And so actually, I don't think you can learn anything other than ask Jesus to come into the workplace and trust that he'll always be behind you. Matt, this is so encouraging. Thank you so, so much. You've, um, you've really warmed my heart and I'm sure many of those who are listening right now, we've really appreciated your time and Andy and I have really enjoyed chatting with you. Thank you. No uh, I'm sorry that that is the end of our interview with you and we'll, we'll be wrapping up now. So thank you ever so much um, for joining us, Matt. It's been a real pleasure. Yeah, likewise. Thank you very much. And um, to all of you listeners, we look forward to joining you in a couple of weeks' time with with another person sharing uh, about their experiences of of life and faith in the world. Uh, We'll take care and uh, we'll see you soon. Bye.